Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Check out the Hog Talk Podcast, the newest addition to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Find it on hitthatline.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Hog Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence. In- the Hog Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handymen. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at... The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you could still be in on the action at betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorback. Chuck Barrett. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Highly Questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and a former <laughs> heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback Baseball and the Ladybacks. Three, two... One. Yo, what's going on, Arkansas Razorback fans? SEC fans everywhere. Welcome to the one and only Hog Talk Podcast. I am Ty Hudson, the Friday host, co-creator of the Hog Talk Podcast. I do appreciate you guys uh, downloading and listening and being a part of what we do. We really do appreciate that. If you guys would, either now, preferably now, or after the podcast, after you're done listening, rate and review us. Leave us a written review. Tell us how much you adore the Hog Talk podcast. Tell us how much you adore us. I'm just kidding. Write whatever you want. You do you, fam. You do you. We've got a good one. This this show is loaded. There's so much to talk about. We're going to dive into uh, men's basketball really quick. That won't be too long. We'll talk about, well, I'm going to answer Discord questions. There are a lot of them, and honestly, they're really good questions. Obviously, a lot of it around the uh, surrounding the recruiting class. So we'll get we'll we'll knock those out as quick as I can, and then we'll get into the recruiting class. I'll give you you know I'm going to answer a lot of those questions, so I may repeat myself. Forgive me if I do. Uh, you got to piece these podcasts together sometimes uh, bit by bit, and you forget what you record, and you say the same thing twice. It happens. It happens. It happens to the best of us. On the next segment, too, you guys stick around, Porter Hayes is going to interview Amber Sheary, or maybe it's Shiree. I apologize, Amber. I'm, I'm so bad at, at I'm, well, no, I'm really good at butchering last names. That's what I do. But uh, she is the director, Women's Basketball Operations. And you could follow her on Twitter, at Amber Shiree. I'm going to say Shiree. S-H-I-R-E-E. 
R-E-Y. So shout out to her. Thanks for, for joining and, and uh, taking some time out of your day to, to chat with our man Porter. Nobody does what he does in the state of Arkansas when it comes to covering women's sports in Fayetteville. On the hill. Nobody does it like he does. Shout out to Porter. So let's first, let's get into basketball really quick. Arkansas is going to take on Oral Roberts. Some could argue this might be their actual first test. I, I think UCA was a little bit more of a test than these guys will probably be. But, yeah, on the 20th, so that's Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. 1 p.m. on SEC Network. Arkansas, obviously. Arkansas is favored by quite a bit here on the uh, Basketball Power Index, according to ESPN. Their, their own Basketball Power Index at 89.9% likely to win this thing. Oral Roberts doesn't have a lot of size. They got six eight guys. They got a dude that's like six eight, almost two eighty, who might get some, you know, depending on how much time he plays in this game, could uh, push Connor around a little bit. They do have a guy that could score too. This Abmus guy, Max Abmus, not real big, six one, two hundred or one hundred and sixty five pounds, six one, one hundred and sixty five. I think I weighed that like in fifth grade. Listen, we can't all be blessed with being skinny. Okay, don't judge. Six foot one, 165 pounds. No, that was me in like sixth grade. That that was probably my exact size. It doesn't matter, man. Size doesn't matter. This guy's killing it. He's killing it. 21 points a game. Look at him go. We'll see what Arkansas does dealing with him. But yeah, obviously, I, I like Arkansas by double digits in this one. I think they're real first test. It's coming up sooner than you think. It's coming up sooner than you think uh, outside of Oral Roberts. And that's no disrespect to Oral Roberts. Maybe they are. Maybe they are a good test. I can remember when these two clashed it out, man, back in the day. But I think Abilene Christian is going to be a a, a ball game. They're 7-1. They are 0-1 on the road, but they're 7-1 and on the year. They're one loss to Texas Tech, by the way. Yeah, the top 20 ranked Texas Tech Red Raiders. They lost that game 51-44. to I didn't watch it. I don't know much about it. But yeah, that could be that could be a contest. So Arkansas will be my guess is going going into the Auburn game undefeated. But we'll see how they deal with Abilene Christian, the Wildcats, out of the Southland Conference. So yeah, Central Arkansas is in that conference. Stephen F. Austin, Nichols, we know some of these names. Northwestern State. Southeast Louisiana, Texas A&M, CC. I don't. I've never. I don't know what that is. What's Texas A&M, CC? The Islanders. Kind of a cool name, though. I like that. All right, uh, let's let's jump into it again. I think Arkansas. To sum that up, Arkansas should be undefeated going in against Auburn, but we'll see how they handle. Look, you got to get past Oral Roberts, and that could be a contest. I'm not trying to overlook them. You don't do that, especially with the kind of year that we're having, right? I'm looking at you, Kentucky. Discord questions. Discord questions. First up, one more 24. Do you think anyone we brought in this year can suffice as a fourth down lineman for next year so that we can get away from the three-man front? Or do you see anyone in particular already on the roster that can slot into that spot? I'm going to tell you, it's all going to depend on what happens with Jonathan Marshall, I think. You've got Enoch Jackson. You've got Miller. People forget about these guys, right? You've got Isaiah Nichols who can kind of rotate in and out, in and outside. You, you've got some guys you can move around up front on the defensive line. The problem is, 
it goes back to that quality depth question. I don't think we really know what we have right now on the defensive line. I have no idea, but I think a lot of it's going to hinge on uh, Jonathan Marshall's decision, whether or not he decides to come back. And I do think he's an NFL prospect. I'm not saying he's a first-rounder. Might be a seventh-rounder. I don't know, but he's... It sounds like he's gaining a little bit of momentum, so he could very well be a, a prospect, may not come back. And so then you're left to uh, develop guys. Hopefully you have an uninterrupted offseason, and you're allowed to do that. And and maybe someone, I don't know, maybe get a couple of guys that give you a little bit more confidence to run that 4-2-5 instead of the three-man front, right? Uh, so I, the answer is I, I, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see what happens with Jonathan Marshall. Kelly Marie! Who are you most excited about that we signed? One on offense, one on defense. It's hard to name just one on offense. The offense was easily the best part of this class, in my opinion. But I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna have to go with AJ Green. This dude hits the edges fast. He was offered as a defensive back out of high school and at running back. There was, you know, it was kind of 50-50 from what I understand. Arkansas wanted him at running back. He wants to play running back. That's what he's gonna do. I'm really excited about him. One on defense. I love a six foot five, three hundred pounder who can who can move like Cam, like like Mr. Ball, Cameron Ball. This dude, go watch his film. He's fast. He's he's big, strong. I like I like Cameron Ball a lot. I don't know if he comes in and makes him you know a huge impact year one or not. I look at Jalen Williams, a transfer, probably the most likely. Who, by the way, highly rated, top three JUCO defensive tackle. Uh, let's just hope he can stay healthy. Who do you think is the most immediate impact besides the Penn State transfer? And, of course, she's talking about the uh, Penn State safety, 5'11", 180-pound Trent Gordon, who will be eligible, by the way. I, I'm sure that will be a question later, but he will be eligible in 2021. Um, who's going to be the most immediate impact guy? That is that's – a, that's a tough one because there's a there's – a, I wonder, what about, what about Cameron Little, the All-American kicker? I mean, he's putting up videos of him with these trick kicks that he's had. It's pretty impressive. Makes you wonder a little bit about what they're going to do at the kicking spot. Maybe it's Cameron Little, All-American. Kickers are incredibly hard to, to evaluate. But I wonder, especially with how special teams went this year, the kicking game, you wonder, does Cameron Little make his way onto the field? But I, I, I truly think you're. I'm going to go with A.J. Green. I think he's the most likely to see the field the quickest. That doesn't mean as a starter, but maybe as a rotator, as a guy that makes the two deep somehow, depending on what happens with T.J. Hammonds. But uh, I, I'm going to say A.J. Green, but that's a tough one because I, I I don't know. I would like to say one of those linebackers that they got, one of the three, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Bearded Hog, which commit surprised you the most? Which of the incoming freshmen do you think will play immediately, if any? And do you think any seniors will stay another year? Surprised me, I guess Jalen Williams. You know, he committed and signed on uh, on the 16th. That I had heard he was he was gonna come here. And Jacob actually told us that in our chat uh, a few days ago, and I didn't know anything about it. The only thing I knew about was Cameron Ball. I'd been saying for weeks, and I had people like, "Well, you might want to check your sources." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. Cameron Ball is gonna be a hog," and he ended up being a hog. I didn't know anything about Jalen Williams. That's a good one, but I, I don't know if uh, if if he's going to come in and play. And of course, I know you're asking about freshmen who will immediately play, but you wonder if Jalen has that opportunity, right? I mean, if he's a JUCO, highly rated, you wonder. But um, yeah, I think that one surprised me a little bit. Just 
just hearing the news and then him actually doing it. Do you think any seniors will stay for another year? I have no idea, man. I have no idea. How do you feel about the SEC did as a conference? And I guess you're talking about recruiting, Devin. I mean, different years, same results, man. I mean, it's what do you expect? It's why it's so difficult. It's so funny to me when people scream about bias from ESPN. You know, bias, you have a bias towards the SEC. No, check recruiting rankings. Check check the NFL draft every year. That's what this is. It's minor league NFL, and it's incredibly, incredibly hard to grind out this conference week to week. It's, it's, it's damn near impossible for programs that are trying to climb out of their own hole, right? It's hard to do. Kelly Marie, what gaps do you think we lack besides, uh, besides Coach still wanting more guys in the trenches, if any, linebackers? Linebackers, and, and they've got some spots left. They've got a few spots left, and uh, they better be on linebackers and, and tackles and maybe a pass-rushing defensive end. I don't know. Those are areas I'm really concerned about. How fast do you think the next Auburn head coach fires Chad? Does he end up back in uh, Texas as a high school coach? <laughs> uh, not fast enough. What are our chances getting Grant to return? They need Morgan has to be priority number one. He does. You have to convince him to come back, him and Jonathan Marshall. Those are – but Morgan, in my opinion, because of how thin you are, Morgan's got to be number one. Uh, and finally, the last question, how important was it to land the class we did early? Who's enrolling early and who comes back next year? Your first question, huge. Jay Haas, junior, 17, sir. Huge, absolutely huge, because it shows that they're bought in. Sam Pittman talked about there not being a lot of drama. I mean, that can be good or bad depending on what side of the drama you're on. But huge. These guys are bought in. They signed. There was no – it seemed like there was no waiver at all. These guys, they were bought into Sam Pittman. That shows you the power that he has as a recruiter. As far as who's enrolling early, I'm not entirely sure. I have seen a list of names, but I, I, I've i also seen where there's some question marks next to some of them, so I'm not going to say. I, I, I don't know just yet when uh, – when I feel a little bit more confident in that information, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll talk about it. And who comes back next year? No idea. No idea. Okay, that does it. Thank you guys so much for all those Discord questions. Holy cow, you guys killed it. You are rock stars. And that's going to do it for the Discord questions of this, uh, this part of this on this part of the segment. All right. Well, let's get into uh, let's let's talk about this recruiting class a little bit more in depth, shall we? Let's go down these list of names really quick, and, and and I'll give you guys some more thoughts that I have. I know we already talked about AJ Green and so on and so forth. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how I feel. Do I think they answered all the questions in this class? No, no. Did they come close? Uh, maybe. Yeah. In in these areas, maybe. Definitely added some numbers there. Let me start off first by saying Katron Jackson, who I've dubbed Kamegatron Jackson. I know you got to earn nicknames, but I I just I like this kid a lot, man. 6'2", 186 pounds, fast, like really quick. I don't think it's fair to say he's like a Traylon Burks. I've said that before, and I, I let me reiterate. Let me say this. He's not – I don't think he's the Swiss Army knife that Traylon Burks is. You know, Traylon Burks can carry the ball out of the backfield. You see how Kendall Bryles wants to utilize him with trick plays and stuff. You do that because, because of his skill set. But Katron Jackson – who was recruited by Coach Stepp. By the way, shout out to Coach Stepp, the best recruiter on campus, I think. Uh, what, well, as far as the assistants, I mean, obviously Sam Pittman is like 
you know, he's the man when it comes to recruiting. But Gatron Jackson was such a huge get. Texas made a huge push for him there towards the end. I kind of thought, oh boy, you know, he's going to be a Longhorn. And he winds up signing with the Haw or committing to the Hogs, and uh, that was that was a pretty big surprise. You end up getting six kids out of the state of Oklahoma, five out of Texas, four out of Arkansas, three out of Georgia, one from Florida, one from Louisiana, and then uh, one from Mississippi, and then one from Missouri. I'm sorry, Missouri, Missouri, as some of my Madison County family members, uh, as they call Missouri, they call it Missouri. A.J. Green, the next guy, the next four-star. I cannot tell you, this was such a good get for the Hogs. And this is the question, right? We didn't know that Traylon Smith would turn out to be Traylon Smith. Like, Traylon bleeping Smith. That dude ended up tearing it up. The question is always, who's the next guy up at running back? Here he is. Here's here, A.J. Green. If everything he did in high school translates onto the field in college, if Arkansas gets things straightened out up front on the offensive line, which I think I think that it will because of who your head coach is and the emphasis that he wants to put on the line of scrimmage. He wants to bulk these guys up. He wants to turn them into NFL players. A.J. Green could, could be fantastic. I'm not saying he's going to be the five-star Alex Collins or Felix Jones, the four-star, the five-star Darren McFadden. I'm not telling you that. I, I don't know. But I certainly feel pretty damn good about what's going on at the running back spot because of A.J. Green. Not just A.J. Green. I feel pretty good, too, about Javion Hunt, another Oklahoma kid. Raheem Sanders, who's going to split some time at running back and wide receiver, it sounds like. Sam Pittman's – sounds like he's going to be kind of your Swiss Army knife in, in, uh, in the offense under Kendall, Kendall Bryles. 6'2", 210. You know, rated, he got a big bump in recruiting rankings a few weeks ago. Rated as a top 20 athlete coming out of high school, out of Florida, Rockledge, Florida. Just a big, big get right there. Terry Wells, offensive tackle, who, uh, according to 247, is a four star, but their composite ratings, he's a three star. He's rated as a national top 400 player, six foot four, 306 pounds. Um, Will probably be a guy you expect to, to find his way into the two deep by year two. Wouldn't shock me to see him make the two deep year one. V- pretty underrated player. I mean, I've, I've heard that from multiple media folks. Very underrated player out of Win, Arkansas. Again, 6'4", 306. Uh, moves well for his body size. Has pretty high potential. He was a number, he was a top three player out of the state of Arkansas. Uh, and I'm just going down the list here. Uh, again, Javion Hunt. We talked about him. That was a good get. Six foot two hundred five. He, you know, he's someone who really was has kind of been living in the shadow of uh, of Raheem Sanders and AJ Green throughout this recruiting process. But I, I think some people might be sleeping on him, on him a little bit. I don't know year one. I had someone ask me this in my PT and live show. You know what I thought of Javion Hunt, and maybe I underplayed him a little bit. And I wasn't trying to. The point that I'm trying to make is that year one. I don't know that he makes a big splash or not. He might be the type of guy that needs a little bit of time. I could be wrong. I could be entirely wrong. You just never know about these kids. They get on campus and sometimes the light just it just flicks on quicker than you realize. So yeah, when you look when you look at offense, when you look at the offense, my gosh, did they load up. Bryce Stevens, six foot, hundred and seventy pound wide out. 
Jaden Wilson, who I'm I'm just told over and over, he's underrated, 6'3", 175, underrated player out of DeSoto, Texas. Need to keep an eye on him. He's got the size. He's, a, he's, he's quicker than you realize. Not saying he's a speed receiver, but he's quicker than you realize. Jaden Wilson, remember the name, I'm told. 6'3", 172. Did have committable offers. Had a committable offer from Cal. I don't I don't remember the others. He had a bunch of offers. He had close to 30 offers. And that tells you something. Law schools were pretty interested in him. In 2019, he helped DeSoto to a 9-3 record. Into a second-round playoff appearance in the 6A, the Texas 6A Division I bracket as a junior. He was a first-team all-district. He did play as a sophomore at Dallas Bishop Lynch. So, Lucas Coley, another guy. I'm, I'm going to be blunt with you about the quarterback position, and I'm not trying to be like a hater at all. Coley is a good get. Lucas Coley is a good get. 6'1", 205, uh, out of Cornerstone Christian, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, I think was a pretty was a good. I think he was a steal out of the state of Texas. If you want my honest opinion, the other the other guy I'm asked about all the time is Landon Rogers. You know, six four two twenty. Reminds me so much of AJ Derby with that size and his physicality as a quarterback. I don't know. Um, that's got to be my most frequently asked question: Does he play quarterback? Is he a power five quarterback? You know, and Kyle, who Kyle Sutherland, actually got a chance to watch him and his teammate Aaron Outley, who both were outstanding in high school, great high school players. Um, Landon Rogers, he would know a lot more about than I would. He got eyes on him. I, I don't know how much he's progressed. Last year, coming out of his junior year, or you know, coming out of his junior year, coming into this year, I said, well, he might. I think he's a. I do think he's a Power Five athlete. I do. I don't know if it's at quarterback or not. And then you look at his teammate, Aaron Outley, that kid, until he got hurt, 6'4", 255. Uh, went up in rankings a little bit, then dropped and, and got hurt. Nothing you could really do, but uh, these guys out of Parkview, wow. Look at that school churning out the talent. Nobody should be shocked. Nobody should be surprised. So I, I would grade out. This is what I would do. I would grade out the offense in recruiting like a solid B+. Plus. Solid B plus recruiting on the offense for Arkansas. Have they had better years? Yeah, sure they have. You know, loaded up in some classes with more offensive talent, more guys. I really like. I, I do like Aaron Outley. I was pretty big on him a while back, and I still am. You wonder. I think he's fully healed from his injury, and he should be ready to rock and roll come this fall. I think his teammate again, AJ Der, or excuse me, Landon Rogers. <laughs> AJ Derby's coming gone. He's come and gone. But Landon Rogers, who probably, I mean, he reminds me so much of A.J. Derby with that, with that size. Um, yeah, I say a solid B+. Defense, I'm, I'm just going to call it like I see it. Outside of Cameron Ball, Jalen Williams, I do like uh, Kawan Parker, 5'11", 173-pounder out of, uh, out of uh, Oklahoma. Again, pipeline. Pipeline into Tulsa. you got to love that. I... I don't mean to be harsh. I just I don't think they answered any questions on defense with this recruiting class. I just don't. Maybe the guys disagree. Maybe the other hog talk guys disagree. 
I, I, you know, and again, you've got these guys that are three stars. That doesn't mean a whole lot. But when you talk about comparing these guys to some of these other players who had more stars next to their name, who had more accolades, who had more success, had whatever you want to call it, it's it's difficult to say that yeah, Arkansas on defense killed it. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying all these guys are a bunch of bums. Absolutely not. I think there's some promising. I think there's some there's some promise there. Again, I already mentioned Jalen Williams and Cameron Ball and and. Uh, uh, the corner, <laughs> whose name uh, Parker, and, and you got you got three linebackers. You know you've also got Solomon Wright at defensive tackle, a little undersized, six foot two seventy. I think he's going to be a guy you're going to need to redshirt. You're going to need to put some pounds on him. Christopher Paul linebacker, I'm interested in at six one two thirty five. Chase Lowry a corner, six foot one hundred eighty. Marco Avant, I think he's enrolling early. Don't quote me on that. Six three two hundred fifteen pounder. He's got the size. He's got the speed. I think he could be. I really think he's someone out of these three. If I had to roll the dice, it'd be between him and maybe, well, I like what I hear too about Hamilton Jordan. But I think Marco Avant would be the quickest to get onto the field because of their need, especially if you lose Morgan or for whatever reason, bumper pull. I mean, you know, he's he's he suffered an injury this this last year. You wonder about his durability. I could see them moving Marco Avant to a couple of different positions, and that's why he's more versatile as a linebacker. Hamilton Jordan, I'm hearing great things about as well. But I just don't think overall, if I had to be honest about their defensive grade, I'd probably give it like a D plus. I'm just not that excited about what's coming out of this defense. That has nothing to do with star power. That just has everything to do with the eye test, reading on these guys, kind of comparing them across, you know, some other some other players at their positions. I just I'm not blown away on what they did on defense this year. And, and again, not calling these guys bums. I'm not calling them bad pickups. I'm just I wonder because you still got some spots left, right? You can still that grade can come up. You've got some spots left. They can go out and grab someone. I hope again if if I'm if I'm Sam Pittman, I'm heavily interested in going after. I know he wants to, you know, shore up the offensive line. I have nothing against that. The linebacker spot. I want to see him sign at least a JUCO linebacker. I want to see them go after somebody that passes the eye test, that's a Power 5 worthy guy, and let Rhodes and Barry Odom do their thing. Develop the talent that they can get on campus as soon as possible. And build from there. And another question that I was asked, uh, I think this was in the live chat, can they build off of this? Yeah, sure they can. You could build off of off this. There's no, you know, it's it's there's room. There's room here. You're, again, you're going to add some guys, but I think they need to concentrate on defense with the spots that they have left, if I'm being completely honest. I think that's what they need to do. And, and yeah, maybe an, another tackle, you know, especially when you consider who your head coach is. I'm really surprised I didn't try to get like five tackles, you know. Now, as far as I did see some complaining and moaning on Twitter about, well, here we are again, you know, we only signed like three, two or three, four stars. We're going to fall back, and you will. You probably will. My guess is yes. When February comes and goes, when the dust settles, Arkansas will probably drop, depending on who they add between now and then. They could surprise us, and from what we've been told, there could be a surprise. I don't know who it is. I have no idea. There could be a surprise, but you hear that all the time. We're going to hear that every year between early signing period and February. You're going to hear that every year. Oh, there could be a surprise. We'll see. But, yeah, I, I... 
they need to sh- they need to go after defensive players. I'm a little bit disappointed they couldn't flip the young man out of uh, Fort Smith who ended up signing with with A and M. Norwood, I, I was I was a little bit surprised by that, but they are headed in they're they're heading in a great direction. Honestly, they are. Jimbo's had his time now. He's got his guys in place and he's doing what he needs to do. But I am a little bit disappointed they couldn't sign him. You had some local players here that I don't know why they didn't go after a little harder because of how badly you needed talent or just anybody on defense. You need bodies. I always talk about quality talent. I always talk about quality depth. I I don't know that they did that in this class. That's hard to do in a single class, though. You know, But you did have Tyus Martin, 6'3", 320-pound defensive tackle, Who's going to Colorado? Whether you, whatever you think about him, he's going to Colorado and he's rated the number three player in the state of Arkansas. What about what about Jaden Williams talking about the need of tackles? Did Arkansas just not stand a chance? Cole Joyce, six foot, two hundred fifteen pound linebacker, six foot, two hundred fifteen pound linebacker goes to UCF. Look at what UCF is like. They are a respectable program. They may not be Power Five, but you're talking about a fortieth ranked inside linebacker, sixth player in the state. Right? Deldrick Withers out of Joe T. Robinson. He's going to KU. He's going to Kansas. Six foot four, two hundred and forty-five pounds, strong side defensive end. I you know, you're talking about positions you really need to sure up, and you're telling me you can't beat out UCF and KU for these guys? And KU is attacking the state, by the way. Attacking the state of Arkansas. Uh Brent Deerman strikes again. Uh, but I, you know, again, Arkansas, Arkansas never even offered. They never offered him. Why not? Remember, and he had, and he also had a, a, an offer from Vanderbilt, UCF, and obviously an offer from KU. So that's kind of my, I don't know. All right, uh, but again, I think overall it was it was a solid class. My gosh, you guys, the offense. They are loaded. They are loaded at the skill position, wide receiver, running back, tight end. They are loaded at those positions. I feel really good about where you're going on offense. But defense, no. No, I, I, I'm just not super impressed with uh, with the defensive recruiting in this class. I'm just not. And again, I'm not saying like Cameron Ball, big-time get. The Juco defensive tackle, big-time get. Those are two great gets. But did they truly answer the questions at linebacker, at the pass rush position, defensive end, safety. I think they still probably could use a couple, but I'm not like, I'm not, you know, you still got Slusher. He's the future. Catalan's here for at least another year. Slusher uh, had some moments. I feel okay about safety. Corner, I'm, I don't feel that much better about what's going on there. Especially when you had a walk-on freshman was the guy. Had to be the guy this year at the other corner spot. Guys, that's that's a little worrisome. But we'll see. Now, now you got to have that uninterrupted full offseason to develop these guys. Let's see then what Odom is capable of. Maybe he could turn some of these players whose names we haven't mentioned in a while. Maybe he turns them into playmakers. Maybe we get a couple more playmakers thanks to this to having a full uninterrupted offseason. That's what they need. They need time to develop the talent. I think there's potential there. I really do. Obviously, Catalan is is a difference maker. He's a difference maker. He's a redshirt freshman. Bumper pulls a playmaker. Morgan is a playmaker. You get all these guys back next year, got to get Morgan back. 
Got to get Jonathan Marshall back. You get a full year to develop the talent, develop what you have on campus, and I have trust in Rhodes and, and, and Barry Odom. I have, I have all the trust that this staff, that Sam Pittman put these guys together. He picked them. He handpicked them. I have all the faith in the world based on what we saw from 2019 to 2020 that Sam knows what he's doing. Again, I'm not saying, as I've said this before, I'm not saying Sam Pittman's going to take you to the SEC title game. I'm not saying that. But things are headed in a better direction. They already are. So I trust that the guys that he put into position, into their their respective positions, are going to develop the talent they have on campus and turn these guys into playmakers in the SEC. They're going to make them into Power 5-worthy, SEC-worthy defensive players. You can already see the difference. The linebacker position I bragged on all year, Rhodes did an incredible job. What happens when they get a little banged up there? It all just falls apart because you got to develop the 11 guys behind the 11 guys. Quality depth matters. Coaching, developing talent, all of that stuff matters. It's not just about the 11 starters. It's also about the 11 the eleven guys that run in the two deep. So hopefully this year they're able to add on to that and they can and they can develop what they have during the offseason with little to no interruptions. That would be great. Might be asking a lot right now. I don't know. So yeah. Thank you guys so much again for downloading and listening. I really do appreciate it. Stick around. Our very own Porter Hayes is going to be talking with the director of women's basketball operations at the University of Arkansas, Amber Sheary. You guys stick around. I don't plan on being on the podcast next Friday. I'm not entirely sure what we do if, if there's going to be any podcast or not. But you know what? If you're subscribed, don't even worry about it. You'll get an alert or a notification if there is a show. But uh, you guys have a Merry Christmas. I'm looking forward to 2021. I'll see you guys around. Go Hogs! The Hog Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handymen. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479 347 9336. That's 479-347-9336. Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479 479- Three six eight six four nine zero. Welcome back to episode one forty nine of the Hog Talk podcast, and now we'll go to the Workman's Travel Center hotline as we're honored to bring in Miss Six Hundred, the Women's Basketball Director of Operations, Amber Shirey. How are you doing today? Doing great, Porter. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a, it's a pleasure. So kind of talk about the past couple of weeks and, and amongst, you know, getting this your 600th win overall at Arkansas and then the game that it happened at, one of the biggest wins in program history. How, how was that for you? Well, to be honest with you, I had no idea that that was even – that I was approaching that or anything like that. Um, 
course, the Baylor game was it was a huge game. And after the game, Coach Neighbors came up and he said something to the effect of something about 600, 600 wins. And I'm thinking, honestly, he's talking about Coach Mulkey, like we denied her getting some record. I had no idea. And then I didn't even realize it until um, a little bit later when somebody else came up to me and mentioned it. And then I then I figured it out what they were talking about. So um, but it was it was very special. They've made me feel special for the last couple of weeks with all that. And, um, you know, the, the Baylor game was a huge game for our team. And to get it to get that 600 win on on that game is looking back is very, very special. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like, how long did it really take you to to sink in that, okay, we're getting over this big Baylor win, and then then you realize, oh, this was my 600th win. What what was your first thought when it really sunk in that, man, I just got 600 wins at Arkansas? The first thing that came to my mind is I'm really old. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, um, you know, it just makes you reflect on kind of, you know, your start and, all the people you've worked with and, and, and played with all the special teammates that, that, uh, that I had, and uh, all the coaches I've been blessed and fortunate to work with and staffs, uh, you know, it just kind of, uh, I'll be honest with you, you know, it was a little, uh, it was a little emotional uh, just looking back at all that. Yeah. And you started your career at Arkansas as a player and, and kind of what you do now, how was the recruiting process different back then compared to like what it is now I mean what was your recruiting process like um well first of all there weren't um there weren't you know how there's a million tournaments now in the summertime back then there was basically the AAU tournament and so you had to win your AAU state tournament in order to go to nationals um and I really didn't start playing on a on a team uh like a team that would maybe could get to nationals till I think I was a sophomore or maybe I think it was maybe my junior year um but anyway that's that's a huge difference is that you know it was that one tournament one shot to to get exposure really and uh fortunately we made it to the national tournament and uh you know uh, me and a lot of my teammates got exposure so that's one big change is just uh now there's way more opportunities to 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 get seen um, that recruiting process, uh, that's a, that's a big difference. And then just, um, you know, now it's social media and back then, you know, you'd get snail mail. Now you're getting, um, you know, all all the social media love the graphics and and all of that. So that's a huge, a huge difference. Um, but, uh, you know, it still comes down to relationships and, you know, I think that's still true today, um, is the relationships that you build with those kids. And what made you choose Arkansas? Because I, I remember reading something where, you know, back when you were in school, you know, a lot of the kids went to a law tech or a Texas. You know, what was it about Arkansas that really caught your eye? Well, I grew up, uh, you know, of course, in Arkansas, loving the Razorbacks, watching uh, uh, watching them play, watching the men play, watching um, Tracy Webb was uh, from Batesville, which was just 15 miles from my hometown, and she played for the Ladybacks. Uh, for the women's team so just watching that and just having that love um, I'm gonna be honest with you like I I did look at Louisiana Tech that was back in their heyday Leon Barmore Kim Mulkey was an assistant there and you know they were coming off a national championship 
season. Uh, and actually, it was just a little bit closer to my home than actually Fayetteville was. But when it came down to it, you know, Arkansas was in my heart. So um, with Coach Sutherland, he was he was the head coach here. Tracy Stellick, um, who was out on the floor with me the other night, you know, and, and Tracy Webb was a GA here. So um, just the relationships that we built. So let's, you know, fast forward to, to where we're at now and just the evolution of women's basketball and, and talk about, you know, the rise that, you know, Gary Blair had and, and the, the really first taste of big time success Arkansas had. What, what was it like back in the day when everybody really just started to become women's basketball fans and really get behind the team? Well, I think, um, you know, whenever I played, uh, kind of what kind of got us on the map was beating Texas and breaking their Southwest Conference uh, win streak. Uh, I think people started to take, a, take notice. Um, and we, we, you know, we kind of had a down year my senior year. And um, when Coach Blair came on the scene, uh, I think what uh, catapulted us up uh, was going to the Final Four in 1998. You know, I think uh, that was a huge a huge deal. Um, I think people started taking notice of women and I just think the evolution, uh, I think there's, honestly, I think the players, they're, they're more athletic now that they can do more things. And um, I think fans in general are drawn to the women's game because the women players uh, seem to be a little bit more assess accessible and they like that. They like that personal touch. Yeah, and, and back when I was in school, I had a, a, a teammate, she, uh, Sarah Pfeiffer. You know, she was one of the most highly regarded uh, high school athletes in Arkansas at the time. She chose to go to Arkansas. But, you know, for a lot of years, you know, you could go back to Erica Smith, you know, the big runs mm -hmm. at Northside that they had with uh, uh, Kirsch and all the people that come through – Zachariason, you know, they went to other schools. So how important is it now that, you know, with neighbors success now, you're able to get these in-state kids and really build that foundation where now other highly recruits are going to come into Arkansas? Yeah, you know, it's extremely important to to keep the, the best talent in-state. We want to keep them at home. And um, I think I think they're seeing what we're what we're building and what we're continuing to build here. Um, and I think it's attractive to them. Um, uh, to come be a part of, uh, of where we're going. Um, Coach Neighbors has done an outstanding job of, of doing that. Um, and, and I think he's, he's had a good plan coming in, showing the blueprint of where we are now and where we're going. And uh, I think, I think uh, you know, they're, they're interested now, whereas before maybe they weren't as much, but they can see, they can see what's going on here and it's something special. And when Coach Neighbors was hired, he, he had made it a point. I've seen a couple occasions where he had said that, you know, one of his stipulations of coming to Arkansas was making sure that you were a part of it. Now, you know, on, on a personal level and out of respect of him being a fan, him knowing the tradition at Arkansas, how much did that mean to you that, you know, he thought that much of you to – that was his one thing was to keep you on staff? Well, it meant the world to me um, for him to, to say that. And, uh, you know, we worked together when Coach Blair was here. I was an assistant, and, and Coach Neighbors was uh, like our director of operations. So, he, you know, we, we, we shared an office. So well, we've been knowing each other for a long time. 
then he came back as an assistant uh, when Susie Gardner was here. So we worked together again. Um, we also we also graduated together. Um, so we've had that personal relationship and also a professional relationship. You know, when he went to Xavier and uh, Washington, we, we stayed in contact and talked. And um, so, yeah, absolutely meant the world to me. And uh, I'm so excited to see what he's been able to do and you know, he, he deserves a lot of credit for, for what we're doing and where we're going. It, it seems like, you know, sports overall at Arkansas, it's really, you know, Coach Neighbors, Pittman, Van Horn, it's really taken that, what everybody says, you have to be from Arkansas to kind of get it. And I think with those three additions to the, the coaching staff and to build that culture, you can really see a difference that those three coaches make you know, they're, they're hog fans first and then they're coaches second. I think that's really been made an impact because they can really preach and, and recruit honestly on, on what it means to be a Razorback. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct there. You know, um, you, you want someone that wants to be here and, uh, you know, when they want to be here, uh, I think they just, uh, it means a little bit more to them. Um, it just does, you know, if I'm sure you followed Coach Pittman in the signing uh, class yesterday and everything and uh, what was out on social media the letter he wrote I mean that gave me chills um, just how he was talking about how what it meant to be at Arkansas and uh, I, I think you're right about about those coaches um, when it's in your heart it just means a little bit more and I think it means a lot me you know I'm 38 pushing 40 and it's awesome to really see in today's age coaches are still old school. You know, they bring that sentimental value and a lot of people are not used to it. So when to the outside world, you know, to people around the country, they might see that as, you know, unorthodox, but it, here in Arkansas, we're, like he said, we're a proud damn state. And it's like, mm -hmm. that is Arkansas pouring out of his heart, coach neighbor's heart. And I think that when coach neighbors recruits, that's exactly the same message he preaches out to them. I do too. I think, I think you're right there. And, um, just just being from the state you know we're talking about keeping the in-state kids uh, I, th I think a lot of them now are, are seeing that and and they want to be a part of uh, that specialness and in, in football and baseball and you know really all the sports men's basketball you're seeing that all around so um, we can continue to do that I think we can continue to to be successful yeah, and I've definitely seen that with the rise of Coach Neighbors and what you've done at Arkansas in the program is, you know, used to you would have to kind of just take what who would come. Now you've got transfers coming in from TCU, Slocum coming in from Oregon State, you know, Chelsea come in from Oklahoma, and you build that foundation around, you know, what in-state kids. Now you're getting to go into Oklahoma. So what does that show you as a program that, that you're getting the attention of people and instead of just happening to get what you can get and assemble a team? Well, I think success breeds that, you know, and uh, they're seeing those players come in and having success. Um, and, you know, they just want to be a part of that. Um, it's the transfer portal, you know, it's it's crazy in, in all the sports. Uh, so we've been able, we've been fortunate to attract, to attract those individuals. And I think a lot of that, kudos to coach neighbors and his style of play they want to come play in a style uh, like that that gives them freedom and uh, to play to play their game um, you know we love to run we love to shoot threes and uh, that's attractive to kids 
Well, let's talk, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's talk about your day-to-day operations. So you're the main operator. How difficult has your job been this year, scheduling and the hotels and all that in, in a day and time like we're dealing with COVID? Well, there's, Porter, there's definitely been challenges. Um, you know, we've changed up a little bit how, how we're traveling just to try to mitigate as many risks as we can um, as far as uh, we've, we've taken some day trips. Uh, so we, you know, we get on airplane, we've, uh, we left at three o'clock to go to SMU. We fed them, got on the plane at three o'clock, flew down to SMU, got off, got on the bus, went to the gym, played the game, got back on the plane, came home. So we didn't stay in a hotel. And I think we're going to, you know, we're going to try to do that some, um, just to try to, uh, you know, like I said, mitigate risk or, you know, the environments that you're in. Uh, with COVID. So, you know, all that's been a challenge trying to figure out who to sit where on a plane and on a bus, just a lot of little things that, you know, you, you didn't really have to worry about before. Um, and coach Schaefer, you know, he had to basically redo our game schedule. He handles scheduling and uh, the game schedule. And, you know, he's done a great job with that, but you see around the country, you know, people are losing a game on Wednesday and picking a game up on Friday and used to, you know, it would take, weeks to schedule a game mm-hmm. so I think there's just been a lot of a lot of challenges but uh, our people our administration and our support staff uh, the training room medical staff they've done an outstanding job trying to uh, do all we can to keep our players and staff uh, safe and just you know talking about the players themselves you know and how much challenging this is and I was at the Baylor game and one of the not alarming, but what one thing that really caught my eye, and this just shows the dedication of these kids, is after the game was over with, I noticed that the Baylor players were coming out on courtside and happened to eat a meal right there on the court before they went and traveled. And it was just to me, it's like, how challenging is that? You know, you plan a game, then you got to go out on the floor, eat your meal, and then travel back. I mean, have y'all had to experience anything like that? Yeah, uh, on the road uh, after games in a normal setting, we would uh, we get food delivered to the bus. We get on the bus, uh, you know, eat on the way to the airport. Uh, but now, you know, uh, the health experts say it's best if we don't eat on the bus. So we've, we've been just trying to space out in the arena um, the best we can to, to eat. Um, and, you know, like I said, that's just another another little thing. Um, the other thing is, you know, after after SMU after the SMU game, a lot of our kids had parents and friends there. They really didn't really get a you know a chance to see them because you're kind of in a pseudo bubble down on the floor and really don't want to be want them going up into the stands. So, you know, I know that that wears on our kids, um, but they've been great uh, with everything we've thrown at them. They've they've responded. Uh, couldn't ask for you know them to respond any better. Yeah, and I thought it was really cool that Coach Neighbors said that, you know, he was able to, you know, try to get these kids to play a, a game close to home, whether, you know, when you start your games with ASU and Eaton gets to play, you know, when y'all was down there in SMU, you know, how much do you think that means to recruits coming in and the players that are already on the team that, you know, when he pitches that, like, hey, we're going to try not only – to, you know, use it as a regional recruiting tool. But, hey, we're going to let you play at home. We're going to make a game specifically to where you can play in front of your family. Oh, I think it means a lot to them. Uh, 
and I'm sure you you played you know in front of family and friends and it just is it's fun and uh, I, I think it I think it means a lot you know if you you know we told Taylor Thomas hey we'll play in the Dallas area and uh, you know she had 20 I don't know her own personal fan club there so I think it yeah. it definitely means a lot and um, I think it is attractive to them. Well, I know one thing that being able to watch this team just grow from last year to this year. I, I told Coach Neighbors the other day that I can really see a difference in, in, in Chelsea and, and just her attitude, how she handles the press conferences. It's like she is a totally different ball player mentally this year from last year. And I think that's really helped, you know, this team go out to those fast runs and, and really put away these teams that normally would hang around last year. And I made it a point that I, I the Baylor game I compared to the Texas A&M game last year of, you know, they were really hyped up for it. It was just like they wasn't just ready to take that jump yet. And then this year when Baylor come to town, it was like from the first quarter, I could see the guard play for Baylor just was not what we had at Arkansas. And I knew that point how they come into the game that they could win this game. Yeah, they've been uh, they've been very businesslike, I, I would say, um, and I agree with you on Chelsea. I think you know she's matured um, in bringing Destiny Slocum in. You know she's a veteran as well. I think just having that uh, leadership on the on the team has uh, definitely definitely helped. Like I said, to me, I, I kind of characterize it as they've just been very businesslike. They you know, we threw at them, hey, we're not going to spend the night on a road trip. No problem. They they just go and t- have taken care of business so far, and I hope that continues. Um, the other thing that's been impressive to me is, you know, we've, we've, we've got a lot of weapons and um, just their uh, ability or their want to to share the basketball, I think, has been, been really good and uh, just being good teammates with each other. Yeah, and I noticed that last year with Michaela Daniels really kind of stepping up and, and being a role player alongside Alexis. And then this year you have Barnum and Marquisha Davis. I mean, and then even when Riley gets to come in and play some minutes, she is a very scrappy person. She does kind of remind me of Sarah. I mean, just I, I watched the game the other day when, I mean, anytime a ball come down, she was there with her hands and she's very quick. And I think that freshman – and the, the rookies that are really stepping up, I think that's really actually helped a lot. And I wanted to ask you, do you think this is the, the deepest roster that Neighbors has had? Yes, I do. I think, it's, I think it, it is. You know, we've got a lot of depth. Those kids you named, and including Jalen Mason, I think, um, you know, they'd be starting on a lot of teams. Yes. Um, so they've – uh, accepted their role and are playing it outstanding so far. Yeah, and Jalen coming off that injury last year and being able to, you know, come back. And it took her some time, but, you know, she finally got got her, her stroke back and, I mean, scored 14 points the last game. So how has the team handled this week with the preparation of, of a really big in-state game? And that was my next point with the in-state. How cool is it that y'all are – start to schedule these in-state games it's something that you're not used to you know playing back in the in the 90s you know is, is that going to be big for y'all just as much as the the smaller schools that y'all play against I think so you know anytime it's an in-state game I think our kids 
I think they get on high alert. Um, they want to, they want to do well and they, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to let anybody down. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's, it, it certainly is a big game and, you know, we've been in finals this week, so uh, they had a day off and we've done some individual skill work and we'll get back to it today uh, in preparation for UALR. Um, uh, so we'll have today and tomorrow uh, to prep for them. And uh, hopefully our kids got a little bit of, a little bit of rest and knock out those finals and be ready to go on Saturday. Well, coach, I really appreciate your time to taking away. I know this is, you know, kind of a busy week uh, with finals and then prepping up for a big game against uh, Little Rock this weekend. So I really appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate it, Porter. Thanks for having me on and I, I wish you much success with your, your program. Thank you and you as well. Well, that will do it for the episode 149 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.